G'day everybody, welcome to Wombat Radio. Today we're looking at the Sydney Opera House at Bennelong Point and we're talking with Emily Flannery. G'day. Hello. Hi. <laughs> uh, is What would you like us to know about you or your history or your context or your hopes and dreams and wishes and goals and uh, pet hates, Ooh. morning routines, I don't know, whatever it is <laughs> that we should know about. So far we know your name. Um, yes, well, I'm Emily. Yes. And um, I'm a Wiradjuri woman from Forbes in the Central West. Um, I grew up there and my family still lives there. And I'm currently living on Dark and Young Country on the Central Coast. Um, what else? I'm the eldest of five. Oh, I feel wow. like that shaped my personality yeah, a bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It didn't really make me responsible though, but just fun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh, able to handle many competing desires in the same room. Mm. I'm the eldest of three. That's not quite five. Mm. But yeah, okay. Yeah, it's enough. Yeah, the expectation of responsibility is weird because actually it, it's more like you just feel, I don't know, I'm going to tell you how I feel, mm. which is, mm, I was here first. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to fight for anything. <laughs> And also other people go and do what they're going to do. Yeah. And that can happen in and around me, but it doesn't. It's not, I don't have to control it or anything like that. Mm. Mm. But maybe that's just how I feel now. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, like I grew up sharing a room with my little brother and he reminds me of some shit that I used to, like I had like a line in glow in the dark tape. <gasps> it was like, that's your side. This is my oh. side. <laughs> <laughs> just shit like that. It's such a thing with siblings. Yeah. Yeah. Space. Yep. Yep. But then you were a founding member of Lost All Sorts Collective and yeah. you, one of your siblings is in that collective. <laughs> yeah. So obviously you decided to keep sharing space. <laughs> yep. I think uh, Amy and I, we work really well together. Um, but we can't work together and live together. Ah, nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's the balance. It's one or the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of wisdom that comes with a bit of experience, yeah. I reckon. Uh, tell us what it is that you're doing, either on a very zoomed-in level, like I'm choreographing dance shows, or on a very zoomed-out level, like I'm changing the world. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, at the moment, um, I'm just about to start my residency for Balneriwana, which means taking flight in Raju language, um, and that's been kind of in the works since 2019 um i'm also performing with bangara so quite busy at the moment um but other than that just trying to be myself <laughs> uh the work that you're about to begin will be as part of a residency at the sydney opera house yes and they just called you up and was like hey do you <laughs> want some free studio space Oh, this, I still can't really believe that this happened, but um, I was a recipient of the Out of the Studio series with Dirty Feet oh, yeah, yeah. Um, for 2020, yeah. and um, I'd been to a few black dance meetings, um, and in one of those meetings, Arnie Robita Roberts mm. came, um, and so all the artists were just talking about what they were doing, mm. and she kind of was a bit interested in my concept um and so when i had my showing 
I invited her to come along. Mm. Um, and she, at that point, was kind of moving away from the Opera House. So she suggested someone else um, to come in, um, Tamara Harrison. And so I invited her in for the showing. Because, you know, COVID times, you have like five people. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's, uh, but, um, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, I'll be in contact. And I was like, okay. <laughs> we cool. know what that means. Yeah, no worries. Like, thanks for coming. Yeah. Nice to meet you. And uh, then she actually was in contact. Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, I didn't see this coming. <laughs> um, and so I had a few meetings with her. And um, they've, they're presenting Banuruwana in October of this year for the Arts and Education program. In what venue is that? Um, Creative Learning Centre. Damn. Yeah. Uh, who's in it? Uh, myself. Yeah. My sister Amy. Yeah. Um, Jai Yuren. Mm. And we've got a musical collaborator, Thomas J. Kelly on Didge. Yeah. Cool. Super cool. What, when you said you told the people what it was about, um, I also imagine that this next step is moving it from being about something to being something. Yeah. Can you talk to us about what this is going to be? Oh, well, I have hopes for this. Yes. I mean, oh, it never really goes the way you think it's going to go, right? Hopefully it goes better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're currently, we've developed four out of five birds. Um, so this part will be kind of bringing them to life as well. I think the music has a huge part to play. Because um, dance without music means something, but it means more with the music. You know what I mean? I maybe I do, maybe I don't. But I do know the reason I dance is because of music. Yeah, that's what makes me feel like dancing. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be working on, um, I guess, Im- embedding more of the story. I have a elder from Forbes who's uh, my cultural consultant for this, mm-hmm. so he'll come up. He doesn't really like contemporary dance. <laughs> So it's going to be interesting. <laughs> but I guess that'll also be good for me too, to have someone who's not like a super into that, have their insight as well, like what they think. And um, if they, if he can see the story, mm, the, mm-hmm. what, we're, what we're sharing. I think also you as a maker of whatever is contemporary, uh, you can decide what it is, yeah. what contemporary dance is, and then other people hopefully will follow suit and leave behind the version that he doesn't like. Yeah. <laughs> and then start making more of the version that is mm, actually contemporary or relevant or responsive or, you I don't know, valuable? Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. Valueless contemporary dance, yeah, also is rough. Mm. But value systems are hard. Yeah. Uh, so, which are the birds? Okay, we've got um, the kookaburra, mm-hmm. which in Wiradjuri language is googleburra. Googleburra. Is Googleburra. that is just, just totally stolen, that name? Yeah. Oh, shit. I know. To make it easier for colonizers to say, a lot of our language was changed. But it's close. It's easy for us to remember. Okay, googleburra. Yeah. Um, cockatoo, magpie. Willy Wagtail, and my cheeky bird is Platypus. How cheeky? <laughs> yes, Is it just because it lays an egg? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's because the creation story of the platypus is about um, a duck 
that was abducted by a water rat. Oh. And so basically like she was stolen taken away and then she was returned a few months later and so when she laid her egg it was the platypus oh. wow yeah and so she was kicked out of her community because they wanted her to get rid of their baby whoa yep and so she was swam down um down river and um the water was too cold for her so she died but her babies they thrived in it mm. and that area is bathurst oh yeah wow cool so that's i mean yeah it's kind of a bird yeah a water bird yeah 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 yeah. i mean you can decide whatever you want about yeah. what is what because it's your story right yeah, so yeah i'm the yeah. boss <laughs> <laughs> and so how do you deal with this i guess how do you deal with first of all i, I let's get to the political stuff but first of all let's how do you deal with the embodiment of Mm, talk like you talk about these things but then you have to make it into something that's physical mm. that people will watch you do with your body yeah so how do you get there um or how do you plan to use the next two weeks of residency to get embodied and yeah. choreographed and yeah well i spend a lot of time outside when i can um especially last year um i spent a lot of time in forbes mm. And one of our totems is the magpie. Mm. So I would just go outside and watch them. And I found them when I was in this space, like I would try and not like mimic, but like the rhythm of their movements. Mm. Um, or things that I found like really specific to each bird. I'm trying to use that in a movement. So not like, it's not literal because I don't think that that's necessarily the direction that I wanted to go, but more like a characteristic of a bird that I could maybe um, play with. And is it almost that your understanding deepens by feeling what it's like to move in that uh, rhythm or with that focus rather than and I say like uh, uh, a European botanist would sketch a plant and mm. would know it better than somebody who just knew the name of the plant but then somebody who's trying to cultivate and grow the plant or spends time somehow putting that into their body there's different depths of understanding yeah hmm definitely that's nice. And do you want people to see the bird in you? Yeah. Okay. That's it. I kind of want it to be like rather than having to have uh, like a really significant change, like say the lighting or the costume, mm. I just want it to be told through the mus through the movement. Like okay. So you're there, you, you move and therefore seem visually look like mm -hmm. Emily mm -hmm. and then there's a shift in the physicality and that transforms and no it's no longer emily yep that's dope yep that's cool that's, that's powerful okay yeah and that's going to happen four times over four different birds mm -hmm. wow we also will have the ditch too which will help um because yeah. i'm really lucky um tom's very skilled he's a skilled player so um because it's usually only used for traditional dance um but he, you know, I wanted him to have a go at doing, like, different calls or, like... 
bird calls yeah. of the birds yeah. through the ditch. Yeah. Wow. It sounds amazing. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And so that helps too, you know, just yeah, for the feeling. Also, it's it almost mm, something that's already quite musical then becomes even more musical. Mm. Mm. Like when you hear a lyrebird um, recreate like a, a car horn noise yeah. or whatever and you're like, wow, it just became something not annoying. Well, yeah. <laughs> still annoying, but a bit more magical. Mm. Uh, tell me when you were saying about that uh, the dig is not used always, it's usually used for traditional purposes yeah. rather than this. Uh, you have a history of dancing and dance training that sits yeah. outside of traditional dance training as well. Yes. Okay, so you're actually just a dance lover. Yep, <laughs> that's me. I love it. <laughs> and what is those dancing? Oh, just moving like the body. Just your classic <laughs> um, European like ballet and stuff or is it also Americanized like jazz or is it like some Balinese or oh. what's the other techniques that are in there that you have access to? Well, I did study ballet for a long time mm. and then I moved into contemporary mm. and then I found I love the floor. Love it there. <laughs> because of the gravity? Ah, it's, just, it's just so fun to roll. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, but I also studied, we did a bit of jazz at Nainsda and when I was in Israel because I studied in Israel for five months mm. um, the style over there was quite different mm. but there was quite a lot of um, international students and some were from India mm. so they'd also teach us some of their their wow. dancing wow I mean not very much maybe like you know one or two hour lessons a, a but taster yeah, yeah okay. it was fun uh, who did you train under in floor work at Naista? Oh, Mr. Craig Barry. Oh, shit. The, the one, one and, and only. only. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, he sets a high standard. Oh, he's brilliant. Mm. Uh, do you, how do you balance? Balance is the wrong word. Mm. Talk to me about your feelings around your responsibility to deliver an indigenous looking show mm. when you have access and the dancers you're working with have access to all of these other movement forms and you're not trying to represent anything one for one mm. do you where what's your thoughts around that um this is one of those tough questions yeah <laughs> <laughs> well originally when i thought about um this idea um I felt that there's, you know, everyone kind of sees, I might say this wrong, but... Um, we can try a couple yeah. of times. <laughs> like there's a definite, a distinctive look of what people think um, Indigenous contemporary dance is. Well, there's a Bangara look. Yes. Which is mostly modern with a flex foot. Yes. I would say like 30-year-old modern, <laughs> which is not even contemporary anymore. It's like big. When the, when the descriptions bec have a capital letter and they become a noun rather than a, an adjective. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's just, of course, everyone thinks that first because it's on the Qantas ad. Yes. Because it's a big name. <laughs> it's the big name. <laughs> but then I also think about what I've seen, say, Vicky Van Hoot oh, pull out or... Amazing. 
uh, Carl or this like this percussive, powerful movement. Also, I've been lucky to grow up in Northern Territory, so I've seen yeah. a lot of people, even like crazy circles of like doggy dancing or whatever, yeah. like real. Anyway, sorry, I am interrupting. <laughs> but yes, you're right. There is an aesthetic that's associated with the representation of First Nations stories. Yes. And you are burdened by this? Well, or you are I just thought that, um, you know, I like all of our cultural dances, like we're, they're not the same. There's so many different nations and so many different styles. And um, that this was my opportunity to find mine. Amen. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I just wanted to have a crack. And um, I also felt a little bit like this is a really good time for black fellas to start using their voices. Mm. And as a young indigenous woman, I felt like maybe I should have a go. So. At, at what that voice is. Yeah. And what, okay. So people. Uh, when they see your work at the Opera House later mm. this year. Mm, this is another hard question. Mm. Do you want them to think of your work in relationship to other uh, choreographers and companies who are putting out work within contemporary mm. or within larger, within dance, or very specifically within the canon of Australian First Nations representation of contemporary traditional dance on stage. Like, mm-hmm. Do you want it to be like, how much was it or was it not like mm, some stuff that happens that Marageku does or some yeah. stuff that happens that Bangara does? Or how much was it or was it not like uh, Gaga? Or, yeah. you know, like who, who are your contemporaries and who are your peers and who would you rather your work sits within a canon of? Oh, I mean, I would love it if people came and went, wow, I've never seen anything like that before. Oh, this is the best. <laughs> You're like, I'm no one. Matt. <laughs> like, oh, you know, like, I mean, nothing's nothing's original anymore. But um, I, I really don't know. I, I try and watch a lot of shows because I think that it's really healthy mm. to see what's out there and um, also broaden my own limitations Mm. um but yeah i I don't know i just i would love if people just came to the show yeah great (laughs) great uh and when people come to the show (laughs) what is your biggest hope for Um, what they will experience um well i hope that it it makes them think like not necessarily about um, like Indigenous Australia or anything, but just think maybe more about the land that they're living on. Mm. Maybe more care, mm. or or even like a little seed of wanting to understand. You know, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or even if they just uh, enjoy the show and think, oh, I I saw um, a Dreamtime story today. Like even that. Nice. That's nice. Uh, talk to me about everything happening all at once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, 
uh, and uh, doing the work and doing the work and continuing doing the work and then all of a sudden in the same week yeah. or I don't know whatever same month tell me about what happened for you uh, so um, with the opera house for Balneruana I I wasn't exactly sure like for a long time it didn't really sink in that it was actually happening mm. you know because like honestly like, what are the chances <laughs> they're very they're very low <laughs> yes yeah. i thought oh you know like i'm just having a crack i have no idea what i'm doing but so this is not your first crack i mean you you know continually having a crack yeah yeah um and so it was kind of around maybe march that um, I found out that the Opera House had, like, we were going to be funded by one of their philanthropists mm. to do this development and then a season in October with possible future seasons. Um, and, you know, all the meetings were coming forward. They were giving us dates. I was like, hell yes, this is crazy. Like, chicken off my dreams. Yeah, dates are real. Yeah. Um, and probably... Maybe a week or two later, I was having a quite a slow dance week. So I thought, oh, I'll just go in and take class at Bangara. Like, just keep my keep my body moving, see some of my friends. Yeah, It'll that's be always mad. the best part. Yeah. And so I went in and took class, and then they called me up on the Friday of that week and asked me if I could start on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Whoa. Um, yeah, so... It was a bit, it was a crazy moment. It was so crazy. I even actually hung up on Fran accidentally. <laughs> she offered me the contract. I was like, ah! Really? <laughs> yeah. That's so Because <laughs> I was, you know. Uh-huh. Oh, it was just, it was wild. And um, so I, I had a meeting with her and we talked about, um, you know, what could work and what couldn't work and if I was interested and... Um, You're about to directly go into a many-week development in Alice Springs. Yep. Yep. So crazy. I've been planning this trip forever. Road tripping. That was with Guts or that? Yeah. Yeah, with Guts. Wow. And Lost All Sorts. With um, Balneary One on team. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. Which, Which is crosses has over. poached some people yeah. from Lost All Sorts, yes. Yeah. We're a family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So kind of, you know, like this year, I don't think it, it wasn't going to be slow. Like I had a few good things lined up yeah. and then it kind of was like, eh, turned on its head. Okay. Everything at once. Uh, so how did you manage that? How did you manage your desire to do the work that people wanted to support you to do that you had put so much into making happen as well as wanting to in my experience being a company dancer, do just the good part of the work (laughs) (laughs) and not all the other stuff. Yeah. And just show up and do some kick-ass dancing. Um, You just negotiated time. Yeah. Yeah, I was really lucky, I think, because um, my turnaround was so quick. Oh, yeah. Um, And, I mean, I'd already signed a contract with um, Lucy Guerin, for their oh, internship. As, as an intern? Yeah. Okay, but so was that 
always going to be just a few weeks or was that going to be over the course of the year? It was meant to be about five weeks and it's a bit tricky because the dates, their dates were still changing. Yeah, right. Um, but I still, I'm still going down there in September and October. Um, so I still get to do some of the things that I wanted to do, which is really great. What are those things? Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually... Um, going to be there while they're developing I think flux flux job oh yeah <laughs> yeah the new work um I've got three weeks there and they're sending down some of the Nasda secondes as well so it's a kind of a nice mm. little bridge there but are you interning as a company dancer or as a choreographer or company as okay yeah yes but um I will be able to use one of my weeks down there for Balneruwana as well. Okay. So, um, hopefully get some feedback from Lucy. and mm, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell me about how you seek and listen to and action feedback on work that you're making, which is as a young Indigenous woman and mm-hmm. First Nations stories – um, from people who also are and who definitely are not. Mm. Like what is the qualification and which parts of their feedback is helpful and useful and valuable? Yeah. Um, well, when I started this project, um, I did actually reach out to Lucy Guerin and part of that was because I knew that in the beginning she was in a lot of her own work and I'm in my work so I was like I can learn from this and I knew as well that you know um, she's done works with like two or three dancers and I thought I need to learn how to not burn people out you know what I mean like if there's only two people in the space you're gonna be buggered yeah uh, yeah uh, yes that so is my experience as well yeah, yeah so I thought okay she's done this before I ask her about it um, and also I know she works with a lot of different cultures so like there would be a bit of cultural sensitivity there Mm -hmm. as well um and then you know there's so many brilliant first nations artists that have come before me as well um you know uh, katina olsen Mm. kat Mm -hmm. she was um my mentor and um choreographed on me for sydney fest and we spent a lot of our development time just yarning Mm. which is so helpful it's like, oh, it all ends up being okay in the end. <laughs> there's perspective. But then there's also the managing that, uh, what do I mean? So Lucy's obviously very good at navigating and managing the setup mm. of producing contemporary dance shows, productions. Uh Whereas Katina, who's in and out of other people's shows as well as making her own, is also must be excellent at managing the relationships with those people and emailing back quite, (laughs) uh, which is not an attribute that most people I know have responding because they're doing the work in the studio. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, So say what feed, what, tell me about, 
what feedback you can and cannot take for this is your own choice yeah. as an artist from somebody who doesn't have um, their own ancestral stories. Yeah. Um. About because I guess they'll be telling you about what they see and you're showing. Yeah. They'll be like, I felt this, I thought you could do this. And you'll be like, mm, yes, for your eyes I could do yeah. this, but this actually isn't for your eyes. Or, or I don't know, now yeah. I'm putting words into your mouth. Um, I mean, I have had like some peer feedback as well mm. from this, like my own age people. Um, and I think what I like to do is I listen and like I take it on and I think about if I was sitting there like what am I seeing as well mm. and then I leave it a few weeks or like whenever I get back into the studio and then I revisit it and I go actually you know what they were right or I go mm, nah I was right <laughs> but I, I kind of never really decide on the spot because I find the way that I work as well is very much like um, kind of s I take my time I take my time and then it clicks and we do a lot of work at once mm. so and then you worry about burning people out yeah <laughs> uh, no, my guys are good they're <laughs> okay. used to it they're like ah oh, oh this is the chill time cool cool okay nice yeah but I think like it's I like hearing people's feedback even if I don't necessarily like what they have to say mm. sometimes it's just good to go okay yeah okay yeah, but nah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Is this work a follow-on from what you started also at ReadyMade that we spoke about? Or that was just focused yes. on IBIS only? No, this is a follow-on. Okay. It kind of, um, it grew from that. It's kind of gone a direction, I mean, like I didn't really see it being shown like to kids you know because I kind of thought oh you know like it's a little bit political and in my head some parts of it were quite dark and so it's taken another turn but I'm okay with it like, mm. I think it can be many versions of this like maybe what happens he here is not you know it's just the beginning yeah. of what will happen yeah. yeah definitely or I think about Pixar films or whatever yeah. that the kids are laughing at but there's actually all this innuendo that yeah. the adults can see or um, the adults have their guard down because they think it's a kids show and then actually the kids are keep asking them questions about yeah. it and then they realise they don't know yeah mm. it will be interesting mm. And are you dancing in it because that's your preferred way of working or it'll save time putting, trying to put your movement onto another dancer or it'll save money or <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I was originally in it out of necessity mm. because I only had funding for four artists to pay properly and I thought, no, nope, if I'm going to do it, let's do it the right way from mm. the start. Mm -hmm. And so... I was in it. Um, I think I actually prefer to not be in it. Okay. Just, it's nice to watch. And in a way, um, 
like I can it's my movement that I give to the other guys and then they interpret it and I get to see them like their artistry as well mm. whereas if I'm in it I kind of miss that <laughs> yeah yeah how do you take care of the overall show if you're in it and also trying to do your dance good and then trying to take care of other people's individual dances yeah like is that just a si- uh, a practice of filming everything or do you uh, do you just imagine what it should be like <laughs> I do film everything. Yeah, we film everything. But also there comes a point where um, I just stop worrying about them. Like, they're they're good. They got it. Nice. Yeah. Do you have another show in your mind, a future show that you haven't even begun yet? Oh. Many, hey. There's some things I just, like, oh, this is so, it's one of my dreams because I saw it happen. Mm. Um, I went to watch this show a few years ago and everyone was over 65. Oh. And they were in these uh, full body velvet unitards. Where was this? Um, there's some random hall. Okay. My sister got tickets for us to go and I thought, oh, I guess this could be me one day. You know, like there's no limit. No, it's true. Okay. <laughs> uh, not that exactly. I'm not sure about the unitards, but. <laughs> the velvet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. With Balneariwana, my dream for that, um, uh, like if I did get more funding, like I love watching ensemble work. Like mm. I feel like there's so much power in that. And also there's so many amazing dancers out there that don't have work. So I would love to just build that up and then take it back to Rajri country because that's where the stories belong. Mm. Take them home. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think being regional, like, you miss out on a lot. Like, I remember when I was younger, my parents would drive us, we'd drive to Sydney, watch a show and drive back, and it's a five-hour drive each way. Like, they were really so good to us. But, wow. you know, like, well, why can't the arts go out there? Mm. So, I'd love to do that one day. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the arts can go anywhere that Coca-Cola can go. Right? Like, if you're in a servo in the middle of nowhere and there's Powerade, I'm yep. like, there can be a dance show here. Yeah. yeah. And why shouldn't there be? <laughs> you know? Like, you don't need a stage. You just no. need a, yeah. a space, some dirt. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, almost all you need is an audience. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember trying to teach... Um, we were sent down to Tennant Creek to teach some breakdance oh. workshops. And they gave us this hall. And I was like, no one's coming in here. Yeah. <laughs> and so we went out. There was uh, a kind of circle of cement on the one road through town. And we put some cardboard boxes down, made the, like, the ghetto blaster real loud. And we just started breaking. And then people would drop in. That's cool. For like 20 minutes or two hours. And they'd overlap. And they just mostly just want to show us all the cool breaking they could already do yeah <laughs> and then we would jam with them and then we'd teach them a few new things or how to do the things they're doing a bit more safely <laughs> <laughs> and then other people would come and that was that ended up being the way that we taught workshops mm. was actually just to dance with people who were interested yeah it's cool yeah uh, yeah 
Yeah. Are there other companies that you'd be interested to be a company dancer for? Oh, yes. Um, in Australia, I, I did, I do love ADT's work. Nice. I love the athleticism and I love that the girls can do the hardcore stuff as well. Oh, of course. Oh. They always can. Right? It's only ever the directors that are like, better not. Yes. Or they're like, yeah, yeah, you, everyone can train in trackies all year and they'll put you in skirts or dresses for the show. Yeah. So your skin squeals along <laughs> the floor and you can't do the floor work anymore. Yeah. Doesn't make oh, any sense. I know. But I love, I think that would be a, a great company, um, especially now Daniel Riley's the mm-hmm. artistic director. About mm-hmm. time we got a black fella in mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And directing a company that's not explicitly for yep. that. Oh, that can just make work. So work. great. Yeah. Oh, about time. Is this where you're headed? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I, I guess I mean, do you want do you want to be running a company, first of all, or a group or collective or whatever, a project? But or and do you want it to be explicitly, exclusively First Nations focused? Or actually it will be focused on what you're focused on mm. and that will in will embroil many people yeah um i don't know if i could handle being like a big boss but oh i'm not sure actually or maybe tied down to one place like the thing that i loved so much about independent work was meeting so many different people yeah you know and like getting a little taste or like this is for me maybe when you're the boss you get to invite those people oh it'd be so cool (laughs) you know like you just uh, call up uh, i don't know you just call up someone who you've seen on tv and be like hey do you want to come (laughs) (laughs) i think you're pretty cool um (laughs) yeah i i don't think that it I would be like specifically First Nations, but definitely um, a lot of involvement. Mm. I think I think there's a need for that, and not just like in the performing side, like in the backstage side of it too. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking even the way that it's structured and made that yeah. you have elders around that are guiding yeah. you rather than just thinking you know everything. Yeah, yeah. I think it has to be. Yeah, you know. Um, and everyone has something to offer so it would be nice to have a really big inclusive dance scene mm. you know because mm. I know some some venues that can be a bit intimidating for you know certain groups or um, you know it's not accessible or it's too expensive so I'd love to be in a position where I could just you know go somewhere and we do a show for free you know, bring it out, do a workshop. Mm. And I think I would probably would make work about things that I'm thinking about. Mm. But what else are you thinking about? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, uh, I recently have been thinking about, um, like old souls and new souls, mm. and like if you can tell, because you know how I don't know. I feel like people are like trees. And the rings around the tree are like the rings, like our each life. Mm. I think there'd be a connection in that. That would be really interesting. Mm. Um, 
Well, even just as a nice approach to how to move through the world, even if it's not, say, factual or whatever. Yeah. I'm part of a collective that did a presentation recently at a sustainability research conference. And one of the tasks that we got the audience to do was to imagine what is we focus on water imagine what relationship they want their ancestors to have with water in seven generations wow instead of saying (gasps) something unimaginable like 200 years or whatever so like okay your your grandkids grandkids wow how do you want their lives to be yeah (gasps) that's cool like that or even just looking at this sign here at the Botanical Garden saying 200 years and still growing. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. How long is that? Mm. 200 years of who? Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Uh, okay. For people listening who may end up facing these kind of situations, how do you in a... June 2021, post-Black Lives Matter viral phenomena, how do you either make sure or recenter the f- the that you're being invited into a project from an institution as a legitimate artist rather than as a representative or an advocacy or a checkbox? Or mm. Oh, uh, this is a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> or you can also just talk about your experience of when it happened. You don't have to have answers for anyone. Yeah. But I feel like it's going to keep happening to people. Oh, yeah. Until we get it right. And the more that people hear about other people's experience, that will help. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this has happened quite a bit. Oh, shit. I think. And it, I don't even think people mean to do it. You know, I think that they think, oh, Here's some black fellas, like, we'll get them to do this. It helps us because of this, you know? It's the right thing to do. Yes. Um, which is frustrating because, like, they have good intentions, but they just don't understand. It's almost like their good intentions have not been coupled with self-education. Yes. They're like, we want to do the right thing, but I haven't bothered to try and find out what that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I thought that this was the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, and then you have an extra burden of education. Oh. On top of okay. So what do you do? Or oh. how do you broach it with someone when you feel like it's happening? How do you notice that it's happening? Uh, what are the signs? I mean, sometimes it's obvious. You know, you can be like, if you are the only Indigenous artist you know in the room or like not necessarily that but sometimes you know oh this is emily she's gonna do the acknowledgement to country and then that's all i do you know what i mean it's like oh okay so this is what this is for um and there was one situation where with lost all sorts um that we felt quite pushed into doing something that we didn't necessarily want to do like we the venue wasn't hearing what we were saying that um this isn't right like this doesn't follow our protocols but because we're all quite young artists like emerging um i didn't feel like we were taken that seriously and so we we left we we decided you know what see you later this isn't for us oh congratulations thank you yeah because it can really you're, you're stuck between this wanting to have a career in a pl- in a 
yeah. sector that has so many more people waiting for the art opportunity yeah. that you don't want to get a reputation of being hard to work with. Yep. But at the same time, you if you're not upholding the way that things should be done, then the value that you're bringing is not being realised anyway. It. And also, we kind of thought if they're treating us like this and we don't say anything, all the generations that come after us are going to be treated the same. Mm. Like, it's up to us to stop it nice. now. Um, so, we we did that. But when it's... But did, what, like, was, what size was this institution? Like, was it a regional gallery or was it the opera house or... Um, it was for emerging artists, but yeah, okay. they have quite a... Like, they're known. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oof. Yes, it was very sticky. Because at the very... Well, tell me what you think about this. At the very least, you should... It should go down like this. You tell someone and they say, I am sorry. Mm. I believe you. Let me either... Like, let me consult with all of my whoever hierarchy elders people so that you don't have the burden to educate me yeah and then come back to you with a proposal yep uh, that would have been nice i mean first of all it's just the believing yeah yeah i think too like if you're going to invite indigenous artists into the space like you know have some cultural awareness like educate yourself talk to other people even as ridiculously this might sound, sound like a jab but it's just my experience mm. even knowing that time is not the same yeah yeah just give them a key yeah <laughs> none <laughs> of this like true. oh you'll need to leave by this time like we might not even arrive until uh, that yeah. time <laughs> it's true no it's true we do work differently yeah but if it's um if it's a individual opportunity yeah. and I that gets given to me and I feel like, oh, it's, you know, it's because of my heritage, I try to choose to see it as, like, it's a chance for me to work on myself as an artist and I'm not putting myself in that box. Like, I'm here as an artist nice. and I happen to be Indigenous mm. and then... Also, by me being here, maybe that's helping other people as well. You know, going to places that maybe aren't traditionally blackfella friendly. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Do you have the same experience? Be just be, I'm just going now through the words that you used before of young Indigenous woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you already spoke about being Indigenous and being young. Mm-hmm. Um, and not being listened to because of both those things. Do you also have that from being a woman? Like that you're invited mm. in because we need more women or that you're like not listened to because you're a woman? Mm. And how do you deal with that? Because I think that's also still massive. It is It is definitely a thing, I think. Um, I mean, it's tricky because, like you said before, with when there's a job like you just want to take want it job. <laughs> you yeah, want to exactly. take it and you kind of go yeah i know it's because of this and this but it could help me with this am i willing to compromise this for yeah. this like is it worth it um yeah it is tough um but i think 
you know, my sister is literally going through the exact same thing. <laughs> and so, like, I have someone that we can just go, oh, is this, is this real or is this in my head? Like, this thing. And then she goes, oh, no, nah, this is real. Or like, oh, no, nah, you're being dramatic, you know? <laughs> and so, like, it's yeah. a, it, it keeps me balanced, but it also makes me go, okay, like, if I'm going to work with this place again, like, just know this is going to happen. Or, like, it's like this at this yeah. point in time. Yeah, I also think for some weird reason, like it's much harder to be a female dance artist because there's a lot more of us and so it's like kind of more competitive but then men are preferenced. Makes it really <laughs> weird. Mm. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, whereas in some other professions, say basketball, there's yeah. a women's league. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Not that I think that's our solution here. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand that the ratio is out. Yeah. What, how do you approach that divide when it comes also to... Because um, you would have experienced that through your Western dance training, mm. but then going to NASDA and then having all that traditional training and then also uh, traditional dance sessions where boys and girls are split up, yeah. you don't get to choose, and it's not about how able you are or how yeah. uh, how much effort you put in or how often you turn up or anything. It's just, oh, you were born with this, so you have to go and do that. Yep. Um, and also with cultural knowledges and also yeah. who you get to speak to. How do you approach that as uh, a contemporary artist in 2021 who is on board with being treated with equal respect and rights and access, yeah. but also wanting to uh, respect cultural heritage that you are also a part of? Mm. Um yeah. I mean, t so you can talk to me about your feelings of it and I'm interested <laughs> to hear how you run your rehearsal room Yeah. in relationship to your experiences of that and whether you want to continue it or you decide not to continue mm. it or I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, I, the thing that like I love about traditional dance is that like that's just the way it is. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, men do this, women do this. That's just how it is. Mm. And there's not, there's no other reason for it other than it, that is how you do it, you know? Like, it's so simple and um, there's no weird politics or, like, anything else that affects it. It's just how it has always been done and the way that we're taught. So, um like, in that sense, it's very easy to accept because there's no other reason for it. I see. Hmm. But I think in my practice, like, when we're rehearsing, um, it there's still... We definitely follow the cultural protocols. You know, Tom's playing didge, um, which actually isn't a Wiradjuri instrument, but it is from his mob. So, like, oh. he's able to play that. Yeah, I see. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, like no female is allowed to play didge so 
so it would be very wrong so um we do that but in terms of like in a contemporary dance context i think it's a bit more fluid as long as we're not really breaking protocol yeah yeah it's yeah. a bit more you know and i think too in lots of ways um like some of the really strict cultural rules are kind of changing in the way that like gender is you know like if you identify if you're you know identify as a woman then you do the women's dances if you identify as a man you do the men's dances and so i think that it's kind of more accommodating now than mm. what it has been in the mm. past yeah mm -hmm. i don't know if that answered the question but <laughs> um it's a rough question to yeah. answer because on one because within the cultural clusterfuck mm. that we're living in as a colonized society put on top of um culture that already existed here then there's of course things that you want to revolt yeah and then things that you want to maintain and then there's constant negotiation about will i accept this thing that i wouldn't accept if it was from yeah. the other side because i want to maintain this thing as a whole yeah mm. and i guess also that you maybe take the a point of view that you don't know and everything yet well that's it i mean <laughs> you know you you do the best that you can with what you know yeah and yeah. when you know more then you know you're able to do it better people are gonna start coming to you for advice <laughs> <laughs> nah oh, yeah it'll happen nah you'll be one of these people that everyone's like, oh, look, have you spoken to Emily about this? <laughs> like, nah, good luck. <laughs> That's going to be your advice, eh? Yeah. Good luck. Is, is there any, uh, like, uh, I don't know, epiphanies or insights that you want to share that people have shared with you or that you've learned from trying to make work? or? Oh, something my mum said to me. Ah, oh, good one. <sighs> She's so brilliant sometimes <laughs> <laughs> you can't live with her and be in a dance oh, show with her seriously she's so <laughs> funny oh she said to me what's meant for you will never miss you because i feel like in dance or in life too yeah there are things that you really want and you just there's not really a reason why they don't happen no you know it just that's just the way that it is and there are things that i thought that i really wanted and you know, and things that I, I didn't think I wanted, you know, like I didn't think I was going to make it work. But then it just kind of happened. And if I'd have done the other things that I really wanted to do, I wouldn't be where I am now. Mm. Yeah. The things that are meant for you will never miss you. Mm. Mm. Good nice one, one, mum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My mum's one is if you work hard enough for long enough it'll happen oh <laughs> i'm like i don't know that sounds pretty that sounds pretty exhausting oh god it does oh but i do i do actually believe that too yeah that's been your experience yeah right? like, i'll just keep going <laughs> something will happen one day <laughs> you mean in one week yeah. all the things will happen oh i still can't believe it <laughs> great uh is there anything that you want to talk about that i haven't asked you about 
Huh. No. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm going to check my notes, see if I asked you all the things. Because, of course, you know, I did research. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did. I was like, okay, I need to cover... Okay. Uh, so, with celebrating and perpetuating and reimagining um, your culture and also the stories that you want everybody to know about and hear about so that they get curious and they want to learn more, what is your efforts problematizing? Mm. Like, what do you want to... What are people okay with that you would rather they reconsidered being okay oh, with? Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that that you're focused on when you make work as well. Mm. You know, um, please see this thing differently because it's not okay. Oh, uh, um, one of the the main ones I think that I have a problem with is. It's kind of like our current society that everything is like we need everything so instantly that we're willing to compromise things that are so sacred. Yeah. You know, like um, there was the instance of that amazing birthing tree um, down in Victoria that they wanted to knock down to, I think, shave two minutes off yeah. someone's transport. Yeah. yeah. Like so that you can ridiculous. live way out. And then commute in every day. Like, like it, the life that they're making possible is also shit. Yeah. Like, it's not like a helipad for the hospital so no. that <laughs> people can get evac'd out of bushfires or something. No. It just, I think if really, if we just understood or cared a little bit about the importance of something that's been here for so long, and you know that this culture aboriginal culture is still alive and you know you can't say oh yeah i support black lives matter and um i'm pro all this stuff and then knock down the tree you can't do it you can't blow no. up our sacred sites or no. you know um because then what is the life that you think that matters that you're supporting? yeah, yeah what do you it's weaved into all of those things yeah yeah it's i think that that's you know, and and it's not a phase. Like, all the hype from Black Lives Matter isn't... Like, it's kind of died down a bit now, but the struggle is still happening. Like, where's, where's the Has support now? Has always been. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where's all the attention yeah. about the I remember kids dying? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I... Growing up in Darwin, we only got ABC and uh, Impaja sometimes. Oh, like yeah. Outback TV. <laughs> And just all the time in the interstitials, it was just Yotha Yindi band yeah. playing Treaty <laughs> on repeat. And I'm in, in the lounge room and I'm singing along to it and shit. Yeah. I'm like, d- thought that was normal and that was yeah. my Australia. Wow. But, yeah. but then, like you said, things die down and they get off the radio and then they don't. Yeah. And, and it feels like the, yeah, the rent is more, the electricity bill is more urgent yeah. or something. But, you know. Like a, just a a little bit more consideration, or actually, you know, putting your money where your mouth is, and you know, being real about it. Yeah. Yeah. Australia is notoriously terrible at putting their money where oh. their mouth is. <laughs> yeah. 
even some of our big inventions like um, Wi-Fi or satellites yeah. or something like that seem to have to go overseas. Most of Antarctica was discovered, but discovered mm. in the colonial tradition by this white dude from South Australia, but was but was claimed for Britain, Canada, oh. USA, because they funded him to do it. Yep. Yep. Because there was just not the putting the money where the mouth is. Yeah. But also, there seems to be a a, 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 f- a real fear of looking silly. Yeah. Or supporting something or believing in something. Yeah, I don't get it. Like, you know, I think you can people can maybe be scared to overstep or be wrong but there's always someone like if you want to ask someone's always willing to help you or to say oh actually you shouldn't you shouldn't say it like that you should say it like this yeah i guess because they're because they're standing there waiting with the information and not being asked yeah (laughs) you know it's like oh and I know people would rather be silent than sound stupid, but sometimes, you know, if you sound stupid, at least we know, oh, you actually want to help. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm. Mm, yeah. And someone will pull you up. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always. Always someone, someone will pull, will pull you, up. you up. And then you'll have to do that thing that you were talking about where deciding who you're going to listen to and not yep. listen to. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, um, anything else? No. Great. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you.